otherwise on SAFM. And a very good day to you, Mzansi. Welcome to Otherwise Talking Women on SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader. My name is Shadow Twala. show is produced by Hazel Makuzeni, and our technical producer for today is Albert Klaassen. Our contact details are 0892-102010, email otherwise at safm.co.za, tweets at otherwise safm, or at Shadow Twala. Now, today we're talking about women's sexual health, so I'd advise parental guidance during the show for those younger than 16. It was reported by Wendy Seifert of Vice.com and Madeline Davis of Mail Online highlighting the unspoken topic of dry sex, the African sexual health issue no one is talking about. In response, we've invited HIV clinician Dr. Cindy Van Zale to discuss this issue with us. Then Marion Stevens, coordinator at WISH, covers adolescent sexual and reproductive health and why there's a decrease in condom use. And finally, we get an update on the 16 Days of Activism Pregnancy Blitz Outreach Day that took place on the 6th of this month. But first, our lunch bite for today. Health is the greatest gift. Contentment, the greatest wealth. Faithfulness, the best relationship. Otherwise, on SAFM. Dr. Cindy Van Zale is in our Johannesburg studio. She's an HIV clinician. I hope they gave you some oros, Cindy. <laughs> <laughs> no, they offered me water. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm down Are you to, good? No, I'm down to one glass of oros a day, so I'm trying to be good about it. Oh, fantastic, fantastic. <laughs> thank you for your time once more. No, thank you for having me on your show. Now, I, I hear that the, the article said dry sex, the African sexual health issue. No one's talking about. First, of course, it's put in Africa, but it happens much further than Africa. It does. And um, this is something that I read in the afternoon, I mean, in the morning before I got here. Um, so one of my friends on Twitter posted an article. This seems to be happening in Indonesia. It's happening in, in Suriname. So it's not only an African thing. And I think what it is, Shadow, is the whole idea that, you know, we told by our elders, this is how your vagina must be. This is what you must pull. This is what you must put inside to make it more pleasurable for your partner. And we need mm. to, I think we need to dissect that. Over and above people putting vinegar and bleach into their vaginas, we really need, need to see, like, ask ourselves, why do we keep doing these things? Who has said that this is what men want? Who has said that men want to have dry sex? Where did that come from? You know, as, as, as we discussed last week as well, women are, 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 are under so much pressure to present themselves in, in a pleasing way to their partners uh, with, with the, the promise of smelling better. Yes. Um, vaginas that are smelling better and things that you have to do to please your partner as you say i can't believe women are bleaching i can't believe women are using pulv pulverized rock mm. you know f f but what are what are the health dangers in doing all those things well um the, the vaginal um wall is very very delicate i mean it's friable so it's, it's special epithelium that you know it's there for a reason it's there to protect it's there for um lubrication um, during sexual intercourse it's there to allow um you know um, blood to come out. It's just a very friable um, 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 tissue of the body. No, you, so you used can, a medical word there. Okay, friable epithelium. Is, epithelium but, is like mm. the, it's the the lining, like the inside of your of your cheek. Mm -hmm. So it's very similar to that. Okay, okay, and it's there, it's like that for a reason. You need to keep the vagina at a certain pH to make sure that things are okay. Mm -hmm. But you can imagine, Shadow, if you're going to put in um, pulverized stone, as you said, or snuff or, or bleach, you messing around that epithelium. Just think of the inside of your cheek. Would you would you mm. swirl 
bleach in your mouth. Mm. You know, mm. would you do something like that? So I can't imagine the painful one. And also just the irritation. I mean, to have sex, having done that, I just can't imagine how painful that must be. Well, apparently it increases friction, which gives men pleasure. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I, I think of, especially when we think of pulverized rock, uh, what are the dangers of, of condoms breaking and those kinds of things? That's, well, that's always a risk. I mean, as long as, as soon as you have excess dryness and you have, you know, ex- extra friction and it's dry, then you're risking, yes, the bursting of condoms and also scraping away your epithelium and increasing the risk of you getting STIs and HIV. And I think... I, I think women have a very interesting view of what pleases men when it comes to sexual intercourse. I, I must tell you, I was very fortunate in that when I went to varsity, we had a lecturer called Dr. Etienne Cook, and he told us everything we needed to know about sex and penises and, and pleasure. And, you know, I'm going to be very crude about this. I'm not going to swear, but I'm just going to be very honest about this. With guys, as long as there's friction around the glands of the penis, they will ejaculate. It doesn't matter where the friction comes from and how it happens. So you can give a blow job, a toe job, a boob job, a hand job. They're going to be happy. So to go to that, to, to go to, to such lengths, you know, to go to lengths of putting in, I've, I mean, I've heard of women that put in um, cloth that's been soaked mm-hmm. in, in lemon. Mm-hmm. And then you wrap, you know, you wrap, you wrap that cloth in, in you, you soak it in lemon, and then you, you put that in your vagina. To go to those lengths to supposedly please a guy, why don't you rather ask him what makes him happy? Ask him what, you, ask him what, if I do this, will this make you happy? If I give you a blowjob, will you enjoy that? I think we need to start talking about sex instead of re, uh, relying on all these myths that have been passed on from one generation to the other. Which then begs the question of sexual rights and sexual health. Exactly. And the education thereof. Who is responsible? It starts with the parents that I do. I mean, I think I'm very fortunate in that I've, I've, I've always had a very open mind and mother, but I think I taught her more than she taught me because I was always reading about sex. Mm-hmm. But um, it really it does start at home. I think parents have a responsibility to, to, to tell their kids, certainly at an early age, what sex is all about. And trust me, if you don't speak about it, someone is going to tell your child about sex mm. and I think as well I think we should change the way we approach baby showers and and things like that I mean I know I have a little service going where if you have a baby shower for a fee of course you can invite me and I'll and I'll and I'll sit there and I'll tell you about sex and, and vibrators and dildos and all those things that I think people don't speak about I mean going to a relationship or a bridal shower sorry going to a relationship you don't know you don't always know what you what 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 you want or what you want to do especially mm. a sexual relationship and I think we rely too much on TV and movies and also hearing what other people tell us and to be honest I don't think that many people have heard the real truth about sex I mean bridal showers are too late though <laughs> well it's never too late oh Shadow it's never too late <laughs> well you can never le- you can never you know you can never know everything you know I always have things to teach <laughs> yeah but listen the, the girl cannot know too much than the guy because again this is what we have a problem with this is what we have a problem with because women are, have been told that this is what you need to do and the guys said nothing. They've had no conversation about it. Well, you know what, Shadow? When, you, when that door is closed, it's just the two of you behind that door. So you can do whatever you want to do. And I say this to people all the time that, you know what, what we say and what we do behind closed doors are two different things. So you can go to a party, for example, and have women tell you that, oh, my guy takes three hours. And we know that's not true. So I just think that it's never too late to learn. You know, there's always something for you to learn. And I I think what I'm trying to do, I mean, it's not an easy topic to talk about. It's not an easy mm. topic to tweet about. I mean, I've got relatives. My relatives follow me on Twitter. <laughs> but I talk about these things only because I want to help people. It's it's horrible to go to, to, to a gynae ward and find 
you know, find women with, you know, with um, early stage cervical cancer or, or all, all sorts of other problems. And you know that maybe the problem stemmed from all these myths and beliefs that have been passed on from one generation to the other. We need mm. to stop it some way. But why do we not, why do we find ourselves in a situation where we don't talk about vaginas as much as we talk about penises and circumcision and all of those kinds of things? Nobody gasps when that is on, is being discussed. But it seems this very elephant in the room that no one wants to talk about their vagina. Well, you know, Shadow, since the last conversation we had, I've actually realized that people don't really want to talk about sex. So we can talk about... We can talk about HIV, we can talk about condoms, we can talk about sex toys if you're lucky. But the moment you get into the real anatomy behind sex, because what is sex? Sex is, you know, there's a vagina, there could be an anus, there could be a penis. That is what sex is. But once the, the moment you cross that, there's a line that you seem to cross mm. when you start naming things what they are. And I found that, you know, when we had that Love Your Vagina series, I, I found that some people were really upset with me. I mean, I got DMs and I got messages. And I thought to myself, we are such a weird country. I mean, we have the highest rate of HIV. We have mm. all these issues around us, and yet we can't talk about penises or vaginas. So there's something there. They, we're either very conservative or I, I can't place it, but there's something wrong. Well, I'm glad we're talking about it today. And, you know, the, the thing is also, and we, I asked you about sexual rights earlier, but mm. we'll, we'll get back to that. The thing is also, the, 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 it's such a huge industry, the sex industry. Oh, yes. It's huge. And people are spending a lot of money with the promise of, of having a, a, a better act, f yeah. f for that matter. And women kill themselves out there to mm. keep their men. And how... Apart from the, the dry sex, these other v vaginal dry agents that people use mm. and, and others not so dry, but how healthy are they? They're, they're not healthy at all. I mean, as, as I said There's before. There's lubricants as well and, and those kinds mm. of things. I mean, as I said before, we, we want the vagina to stay at a certain pH. So for you not to get repeated um, 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 thrush, you know, vaginal candidiasis and, and bacterial vaginosis, for example, your vagina has been, has been set. It's preset. It knows what to do with itself. And that's why you only need to wash it with water. But the moment you start introducing all these other things, you're messing up that whole, you're messing up that whole balance. You know, we, we, our bodies are self-regulating. I think we're made in the most amazing way. Everyone, our bodies know what to do. But, have, you know, just, get, getting people to understand that you don't have to put anything in your vagina. You don't have to use a pH regulator or something to make it smell nice, a feminine hygiene spray. And, you know, it's it's, it's, yeah, it's difficult, Shadow. And I mean, ever since I spoke to you, I've been going around to shops and looking at all these products, and there's so many products on the market. I mean, mm. just, when you, just when I think I've seen them all, I see something else in a pharmacy or something else at a supermarket. And I, it's, it's worrying because how are these things getting passed? How, how, you know, where's the Medicines Control, Controls Council mm. to, 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 to figure, you know, not to figure out, to, to stop these things from, from coming onto our market? So, so it's a problem. It's a real problem. Well, the problem, again, is because we don't talk about it. So mm. government can't do much about it. Uh, I'm not too sure what the World Health Organization is doing uh, about the, the, the issue of dry sex uh, across the world. Yeah, no, no I, well, I haven't looked. I haven't looked that up yet. I'll probably have to look it up after. Well, I'll look it up while I can. Mm -hmm. But um, I haven't. I haven't read anything from a, like a World Health. Um, body in mm. terms of in terms of that i mean i read a lot about female genital mutation but i don't remember seeing anything ab around vaginal drying um substances and yeah no i haven't you're right i must look it, that up is it a class issue no 
it's not a class issue. I mean, the baby showers that I attend are not, you know, it's it's people from across all LSM, and it's not a class issue. I mean, I think I think people want us to believe it's a class issue. They want us to believe that oh no, a bunch of makai who do those things. Mm. No, everyone wants to buy into this myth of pleasing your man with the, you know tight sex or tight vagina and stuff like that. And women will go to every length to do that. It's very sad. And that's why we're speaking about it on radio. <laughs> so, so uh, people know it leads to vaginal cuts, it leads mm. to sores, it leads to uh, condom breakage. What does that do for the for for the message of HIV? Uh, be- because you know, I, I I see with those cuts and 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 sores already mm. fertile ground for HIV uh, with a b- broken condom. So what what should we be educating our 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 women about? And does it make it easy to talk about HIV and AIDS? And well, Shadow, you know, you've actually as as we're speaking, you're actually giving me ideas because I must ah. say that a lot of our on our teaching around HIV and prevention focuses solely on use a condom, use a condom, mm. and um, and I think we, when we speak about um, anal sex, we speak a lot about lub- about lubrication and lubricant, mm. but we ha- I, I don't ever think I don't think we've ever tackled the issue of, you know not using vaginal drying agents and this is really this is you just yeah you've given me an idea that's why i'm at a loss of words because i'm thinking to myself why haven't i ever said to people you know what use a condom that you know this is what you should do and also to decrease your chances of acquiring the virus make sure you don't use um vaginal drying agents i've never actually done that well that's why we're talking about it because you can go and Mm. do something about it but does it mean that then we have uh, where do we begin Uh, and i know you said we begin at home with as far as sexual Mm. health is concerned um and and culturally again because when people when you have to talk about these very sensitive issues Mm. then culture and religion come into play um how do we overcome that to make sure that our young girls especially are safe because i mean people as you say will talk to each other Mm. about these and there's no way you can verify it and Half the time, young girls will not even talk to their gynecologists honestly about what they are up to. Well, young girls won't even go to gynecologists. I think let's start Ooh. there. It's all Ooh. about. It's all about. Have you have you have you thought of going to you know going to gynae for a pap smear or just for a general checkup? So I mean, as soon as you're sexually active, you really should be going to see a gynae, mm-hmm. um, you know, for for a checkup yearly if you can. And then obviously, if your pap smear is clear, then you'll go you know after two years or after three years. But it's interesting that you speak about about um, you know people speaking about sex because on Saturday I had an interesting um, situation I went to the hair salon my daughter was having her hair done and this young girl was sitting next to me and she had henna on her hands and I happened to ask her oh what's that for she was getting married she, she got married on Saturday mm-hmm. so a young Muslim girl 18 years old getting married to an 18 year old guy and so obviously I said to her I was like listen I want to ask you a very embarrassing question are you you know are you still a virgin yes she was and, and your partner yes have you ever kissed have you done anything they hadn't kissed they hadn't done anything and I said to her has, has your mom spoken to you about sex and she's like no she hasn't so I'm like, do you know what to do? And she's like, no, I don't. Aww. And I sat there and I basically gave her like, you know, sex 101, orgasm 101, everything 101 that I could in the short amount of time that I had. Aww. And it struck me that this young girl was, was, you know, going into a new chapter of her life. And no one, not one person in her family had thought to say to her, well, you know, this is what a penis looks like. This is what's going to happen. And this, if this happens, this is what it means. And I said to her, I was like, you know what, take my number. I, I really can't explain what an orgasm is properly, but if it happens, you'll know and you'll WhatsApp me. And, and that's oh. how I left it, Shadow. But wow. I, 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 I mean, I remember getting back into my car and thinking to myself, this happens to so many people. This is, this is actually what happens to so many people.
We we expect people to go into relationships and sexual relationships at that matter and know what to do. And then all we do is throw information at them. Like, you must put lemon up there and you must put pulverized stone. Mm. But why? Why? Why do that? Mm. Now, a lot of people, there was a lot of discussions about uh, sexual health education at school. Um, do we know what, what they teach at school? Do we know uh, in what way they communicate with the students? From what I've heard, I guess I haven't, I haven't looked at the curriculum, but from what I've heard is that they give just a very basic, um, you know, biology lesson as, you know, just like this what happens when a girl turns, you know, when she turn, becomes a teenager, starts menstruating and so on. They speak about, um, you know, wet dreams and so on, but they don't really go into detail. And I've also had a chance to speak to teachers and they feel that it's not their job to be teaching this curriculum. So there are some teachers who are quite reluctant to do this at school. They don't, mm. they don't, they're not happy with this curriculum. This, it's called lifestyle, life, lifestyle, life orientation, life orientation mm -hmm. um, skills. Yeah. So we haven't thought about that. That's something that we need to consider that, okay, yes, we have this in our curriculum, but are we sure that everyone, that every teacher wants to teach this? Is it, you know, does it go against something in their, in their belief system perhaps? So, oh, yeah. One of the biggest reasons women are, are using dry sex and, and, and using all these vaginal dry agents is, is because uh, they, they think when you a moist vagina means mm. to the husband or man or boyfriend that they're being promiscuous. Mm -hmm. and, how, uh, how, and, how, yeah. Yeah. So, so okay, that's, 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 that's the one thing that is believed. Mm -hmm. And the other thing is that they believe that you, your, your vagina is too loose or, you know, if you had a child and you're too wet and too loose, then it's, you know, you're not good, you're good for nothing. Now we must move on to the next person. It's about youthfulness. It's about yeah. youthfulness and, and keeping your vagina together and keeping it tight. And I, I, I struggle to articulate this to people that vaginas are elastic. I mean, that's just the way they are. If, if they weren't elastic, I mean, I can, can you imagine if, you, if you'd had four kids, you'd be walking around with your cervix hanging out of your body. But the, the way we've been made, the vagina is elastic. And no, it will not go back to how you were when you were 17 or 15, but it will go back. And we need, we need women to understand that. I think um, we ourselves as women have to sit down and, 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 and you know, like really unpack why are we so worried about being wet? Wetness means that you're aroused. It means, it means that you're ready for sexual intercourse. It's okay to be wet. And, and the excess wetness, I mean, some women squirt. So squirting is, is, is when, is squirting? so basically squirting is when you, um, when you have an orgasm and you release fluid from your vagina okay. and you can't control it. It's, it's not like urinating where you can, you could, you could, you could clench your muscles and hold the urine bag. You have no control over it whatsoever. And if guys understood that squirting shows that you really really had the big oh you know it's not mm. it's not something to be ashamed of or weird i mean the fluid is the fluid is is is, is clear it has no odor but you know it, they should take it as a compliment and think oh wow i, I made a squirt you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. but instead you have people being told oh no she must do this I, i'm not enjoying this and and so it goes on and on and on so what should couples be talking about tonight Tonight they should be talking about this conversation. They should be sitting down and really, first of all, look at each other. I think that's the first thing. I told this young girl on Saturday. I said, "So you know what? Tonight when you guys get when you guys get home, you must ask him to lie down and just have a good look at his penis and ask him to have a good look at your vagina. You need to know what it looks like. It's you know you need to know what's there. What is down there? You know what is down? What's that little hole for? What's that little hole for? And and she laughed. I mean, she laughed so hard, but she got what I was trying to say. I said to her, "You need to have you need to be open with each other." And I think people must start off by First of all, no, don't switch off the lights. Look at each other's private parts. Just have a good look and see what is it all about, and then take it from there. And why is the first response laughter? She was embarrassed, Shadow. She was 
so embarrassed and I kept reassuring her I was like listen I'm a medical doctor are you on Twitter you can follow me on Twitter because I could tell she was she didn't know whether to run away or to stay but she needed to stay because she needed the information but yes people laugh when you when you with the moment you speak about sex people laugh it's like almost embarrassed laugh and um yeah it's that's just the way we are it's so strange now I see you referred me and I think one of the people on Twitter because this, uh, this conversation started on Twitter already <laughs> early this morning but uh, I see I see that there's a paper that was written about dry sex in Suriname I couldn't access it because it's a, it's a university library uh, yes, no, so document. I, but I had a, yeah, there was a summarized version of that paper but Sue Nyati tagged, tagged me in that, in that um, article mm. and that article was just outlining the sim- same stuff that we're speaking about, about women being worried about um, um, their vaginas and how it, 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 the, the wetter your vagina is, it means that you know, you're, you're, you're sleeping around, you're older, and they were concerned. The women that were spoken to were concerned about their partners leaving them for someone else. Mm-hmm. And so, so there's a security issue there mm, as well. They, yeah, so they were worried about that, and women who had had kids were worried. It was just, it's, it's so sad. And I think for me, I was happy to see that ask, and I'm really gra- glad that Sue tagged me because I've always thought that this problem was, was African, and mm. it's just good to see that this is not only about Africa. And but, but then what, what happens to these papers? Where do they go? They found, the, the kind of made their findings and what happens to it? Because I still think there's a bigger conversation that needs to happen, a, bit, a, a bigger kind of yeah. drive and campaign to, to make women aware of their health risks when yeah. they continue to do this. So what happens to, to uh, I, I, I academic really, papers like that? I really don't know, Shada, because this particular paper, the, the, you know, the, there, was a, there was a lead on article, and that part, article was written in 2008. And here we are in 20, 2014, and, you know, and the Times has that article about you know, the, the bleach in the vaginas. And I thought to myself, why aren't we speaking about this? Why, why aren't we having conferences about this? Why aren't we speaking to the elders? Why don't we have conferences where we invite the elders? You know what? This is what used to happen in the past. There's no reason to do this because this is what the vagina is like. This is mm-hmm. the anatomy. This is the physiology of the vagina. You know, I, we should be doing this. Someone has to do it. I think someone has to do it. So you you tell us what to do from here on because I always like to a, a call to action type thing. What do we do? Um, yes, you're very active on Twitter, but I I think as you said, the conversation needs to be held just about everywhere it does. to teach women teach women about their their sexual health. So where do we go? Well, um, over and above Twitter, I think people really should just start reading about the, the sexual anatomy. I think people need to know what, what, what their bodies are all about and why our bodies are the way that they are. And I think as well that I'm, I'm very outspoken. I'm not a shy person and I could give talks. We could have an evening shadow. I really wouldn't mind doing something like that. We have an evening where we just have a frank conversation around a dinner table with a whole bunch of women and speak about these things. I mean, as you, I, I'm not shy. I'm not afraid of speaking about this. But the health implications are so, so serious. And I think that's what people need to take away from this, that if you do this to your vagina, you are, you are exposing yourself to not only to HIV and, and um, you know, precancerous lesions, but just, just mm-hmm. your, your body in general. On a weekly basis, you will be at the clinic asking for med- medication for either bacterial vaginosis or vaginal candida. You don't need to. You don't need to do this, and we need to talk about it. I think um, the response on Twitter has been fantastic. I mean, if you look at your timeline, I think there are a lot of people who want us to be having these conversations on a broader on a broader platform. And I'm I'm willing. I'm willing to to come forward and and have a talk like this. Medicinally, is 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 the is the. Um 
a way of, of treating successfully a, a, a vagina that's been damaged by, by these uh, agents? The nice thing about the vagina is that it, it heals itself. So you'd have to stop using all of those things. You'd have to stop, completely stop using that stuff and then obviously wait for, for your vagina to heal. But I, I mean, I can imagine if you've always done it, mm. how then mm. do you break this habit? And the cycle and, how, and the do you, cycle. how do you explain it to your loved one? Exactly. Or supposedly loved one. Sinead, please do stay on the line because I want you. us to start talking about uh, the toys and, and all of those kinds of okay. things. Because <laughs> I think that's that's another huge, huge topic. Okay. So we're, we're back talking to Cindy after our conversation with um, Dr. Cindy Van Sale. Uh, and we're talking sexual health for women specifically. And I think we started talking about the big, the big uh, dry sex um, uh, uh, topic, and, and which was labelled the African sexual health issue. No one's talking about it. I thought, no, we must talk about it. But it, you know, you go to parties, Cindy, and I'm told there's a lot of them around the country <laughs> happening, where uh, it's an afternoon of girls just enjoying themselves and and showing their latest gadget yes. to enhance again to enhance uh, their own sexual pleasure, yes. but mostly uh, with their partners. How safe, first of all, are all these gadgets? Okay, well, look, vibrators are safe. So you have two types of vibrators. Okay, okay, okay. Hang ten, <laughs> hang ten. Otherwise, on SAFM. And I must say, still to come on the show, Marion Stevens, who is a coordinator at Women in Sexual and Reproductive Rights and Health, talks to us about condom usage in South Africa and why it is on the decrease. She'll talk to us about that. But right now, we're talking um, gadgets that, um, uh, what do you call them, Cindy? I, I never know what to call them. Sex, sex toys? They're sex toys. Yeah. Okay. okay. So I think I'll start off by categorizing them. So first things first. Let's talk about the one that everyone thinks a sex toy is. So a dildo is um, a synthetic penis. Okay, so they come in different sizes. Some are very big, some are very small, but it's generally in the shape of a penis. It has, um, they'll, they'll mimic the veins if they want to. It's, it's battery operated. Some of them you plug into the wall, but that's a, that's, that's a dildo. So a dildo is not the same as a vibrator. I think that's the first thing that people need oh, to okay. understand. So then you have what we call clitoral vibrators because sexual, sexual pleasure for women comes from the clitoris so very few women can orgasm just from penetration alone and i think this is the first thing you know when, when i when i do these little baby shower talks i call them sex talk with dr cindy the first thing i i, I teach is the anatomy of 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 sexual pleasure for women so mm. women will not orgasm from penetration alone very few of them do and the ones that do are very lucky so you need direct and sustained clitoral stimulation for you to to orgasm so if you if just say for example it doesn't happen with your partner's um grind with your partner grinding against you or fingering you or, or licking you then you can use a clitoral vibrator and the nice thing about having a vibrator is that at least you look forward to having sex because you know that no matter what i am going to have an orgasm that's a nice thing about a clitoral vibrator so how important is the big o for, well, so do we, I mean, <laughs> well, I'm, I'm just asking. Just well, asking. <laughs> I'll tell you, okay, I'll tell you a very sad story. I'll tell you, I mean, I had a conversation with my mom many years ago, and I, you know, because with your mom, with my mother, before mm -hmm. she passed away, I had a conversation with her, and I spoke to her about orgasm, and she told me that. You know, when, uh, you know, most of her friends had not ever had an orgasm. They'd heard about this thing, they'd heard, about, they'd read about it, but a lot of them had not ever had an orgasm. See, there, there's my story right there, because I'm thinking women are, are using all these things 
um, not for their own pleasure. No. It's never been about but their own exactly. pleasure. It's it's really about pleasing, and this is why we find ourselves with with these dry sex issues. Exactly, Shadow, and and so. When I give these talks, I always speak about that, that if you've never had an orgasm, well, the first thing you need to do is to just figure out what's happening down there. Just take a mirror and look down there and figure out, okay, that's the, the, that's the urethra, that's the um, clitoris, oh, that's the labia minora, that's the labia majora. If you don't know your body, you're going to go through life having orgasmless sex. And it's sad because there are, there are women who've been ma- married or in relationships for a very long time and they've never ever had an orgasm. They won't say it because obviously when we're, we're all together drinking Amarula and having fun, we're busy lying to each other. Oh, I came three times last night and he did this and he did that and back at the ranch you haven't done any of that stuff. Oh, is that the drink so, that goes with it? <laughs> Well, that's I thought my, you were an Oris that's girl. That's my drink. <laughs> you were an Oris girl. Well, Oris and Amarila. But but yes, and so so my job is to is to dispel all these myths. And I, I promise you, Shadow, I, I I I call a spade a spade. I'll I'll say to a person, you have if you have an orgasm, the thing that happens straight after you've had a, a proper orgasm is that you want to sleep. You know how guys just flop over and sleep. The same thing happens to women, right? But now we're talking about safety of these. Uh, they are safe. They are safe. I mean. They're made from. The many of them are plastic, or they're made of um, a synthetic material. They are safe. It, it could get lost in your body. I mean, if you if you put it in your vagina and and you put everything inside, then obviously it could get, it could get lost. But you could go to casualty and have it taken out. Casualty. But <laughs> yes, people have presented a casualty oh to have goodness. their sex toys taken out. But in terms of in terms of using it, I think it's a great way for you to get to know your body. What about the lubricants? Lubricants are safe. Um, we always um, recommend that people use water-based lubricants because that that is safe to use with condoms. But um, I, I I I recommend that women you either get to know yourself, you get to know your body. You sit in the bath and you you touch down there and you and start feeling what makes you happy, so that you can at least guide your partner. Or you get yourself a sex toy, play around with it, figure out what an orgasm feels like. So at least so at least again you can tell your partner what what you know what to do to make you to make you have an orgasm. And yeah, we need to talk about these things. Dr. Cindy Van Zell, I, I again, we've run out of time, but I'm sure that there's so much to talk about. And thank you for, for giving us your, your, your very valuable time to talk to us about this. And how do people get hold of you again? Um, you can follow me on Twitter. It's at Cindy Van Zell, S-I-N-T-I-V-A-N-Z-Y-L. And then my email address is on, is on Twitter as well. Thank you so much. But, but, but listen to me quickly. Can young, young, uh, adolescent girls, uh, is there a platform for them to have uh, conversations outside of home but that is in a safe place? Yes, I mean Tulani, remember you spoke to Tulani Machere, Tulani um, Choma that the the Young Girls magazine that's a fantastic platform for them to speak about these things. C-H-O-M-A yes. mm-hmm. and, and also I'm available as well I also give talks to, to young girls and I have no qualms doing that. But please follow up at the schools, <coughs> follow up at the curriculum and find I out shall what's going do on. That. I and shall. come back to me about the World Health Organization Thank you, Shadow. Thank you for having me on your Thank show. you for coming into the studio. You take care now. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. That is uh, Dr. Cindy Fanzale. And coming up after the break, Marion Stevens from Women in Sexual and Reproductive Rights and Health uh, talks to us about, uh, especially about the condom usage in, in our country and why there's a decrease, but also um, adolescent sexual and reproductive health is, is also a, a, a topic we will cover after this. Otherwise, on SAFM. 
girls are coming into the studio today, which is lovely. Marion, haven't seen you for a long time. Welcome. Thanks, Shadow. Lovely to be here. Thanks for inviting me. And 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 you brought your young boys, and they've been listening to our conversation. I did say that parental guidance is advised. Parental guidance. Oh, there it is. What was advised, hey? Yes. And p- parent was there talking to a ten and twelve year old. Didn't they squirm or anything like that? Not at all. Not at all. We yeah. need to start talking to our children. Your boys are like. <laughs> They're waving. <laughs> They're waving indeed. We need to start talking so that they know the names of their body parts, mm. that they know about feelings, mm. um, so that when these things come up, they, they're prepared and they feel protected and they have the skills. At what age did you start talking to your boys? Gosh, I mean, I think, you know, we were reading Babette Cole's books from when they were two about, you know, How's a baby? What you know? Where does a baby come from? And uh, Mama laid an egg, and you know, they they lovely, light-hearted <laughs> stories which don't say anything inappropriate, but it starts one feeling comfortable about you know um, all kinds of things. And, and then there's a lovely um, story book about the large family as well, but about big elephants and about mummy's got chubby thighs and all mm. kinds of things that just make one feel comfortable about one's body parts and not feeling embarrassed or shy and we know that if you don't talk to your children by the age of nine you've lost that opportunity now uh, you must share these books with us because i think it's something that we everyone must go and get for christmas i recommend absolutely i recommend that everyone goes and gets them for christmas so we start this conversation so uh, young people start protecting themselves and knowing what their bodies and knowing how to say no because if you don't know and not informed you can't say no when somebody touches you inappropriately of course of course then you will feel guilty for saying no because Mm. you haven't been taught to set boundaries Wow, so you you promise you'll share these books with me? Absolutely. And then we'll give a list out. Put on the kettle and make the tea. And make the tea and And you'll bring the the books. Fantastic. Now let's talk about condoms. The last time we had a conversation, the female condom was just about to go through production line and what? Absolutely. We were talking about the new V condom, which um, had uh, received... uh, registration in South Africa and we were doing introductory tests um, and looking at getting decision makers and journalists and um, different people to feel look at the range of condoms that have been available. Mm. What we didn't realize is that government really took us on and have now got a range of different female condoms that are available mm. in the clinic. So at the clinic, you won't just find the, the old FC2, the white little packet. Mm-hmm. You'll find a pink little packet with one that's got a sponge in the middle called the Cupid, um, which is very, it's widely available now in the clinics. You'll find another one called the Pleasure More, which is made out of latex, mm-hmm. which is a different material. And then the blue one, um, the V condom, which we were talking about, is... Um, not available yet. It hasn't. Uh, government hasn't bought it yet. Mm. But they've just put out a tender in November, which is brilliant news for 54 million condoms <gasps> for South Africa, which is commendable. Really, for is women. Commendable for women. Mm-hmm. Well, the point is that men and women. Once men start using female condoms, they won't go back to the to male condoms because they feel free. It's roomier. It's the thinner texture. They feel that they're not constrained. And women are in charge. And if women, you know, it really, it really, if women are initiating it and using it, women feel that it's in their control. Mm-hmm. But the reality is that men love it because 
it's very pleasurable for them. They don't feel constricted and constrained by, mm. you know, some for some men, for many men, the male, we don't want to, you know, not popularize male condoms, but for many men, it's fine. It works. Mm. They're happy mm. with it. Um, but well, at the, least everybody has a choice. The, the point is that they're, I mean, just as Dr. Cindy was saying, you know, there are a range of sexual toy options available and mm. condoms, female condoms, should be part of that range because they're incredibly pleasurable. They thin, the heat transfer is very good. You can choose as much and, and as little lubrication as you want. One of the things that I wanted to add is that I think that we've been talking so much about dry sex, but what that, the, the other side of that is that women or men feel that one needs to be dry. And we know that sex is wet. And the more wet you are, the more pleasurable it is. Mm -hmm. And it actually assists in the friction. Mm. And it assists in the, the safety. And there's some kind of strange ideas about judgment about a woman being wet yes, or being loose. Yes, and we yes. probably need to understand that and actually object and, and, and uh, not... Well, we need to empower women to accept yeah. the fact that it's normal, it's natural, and there's nothing wrong or dirty about it. Absolutely. Because I think that's that's the that's the you know yeah. the downside and yeah. downside, the, you know that women are dirty and 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 that sort of thing. So women must take their power back and 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 present themselves as such, and and be comfortable with it. Because the minute you show a bit of discomfort, then mm. you know already you 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 you, you disempowered. So the point is women must take their power back, but you can't have your power if you don't have the information. Yes. And I think that we make assumptions that, you know, it's only poor women or it's only those women that don't have information, but the reality is that it's all women. I mean, you were talking about um, dry sex and, and the the um, belief is that it just happens with poor African yes, women. The reality is issue. that it's, it's in Italian villages mm. women have been putting ice up their vaginas to kind of make them cold and oh and and to to make constrict. them narrow and to constrict you know sure. for their so whatever. so yeah the lubricants which i spoke to dr cindy about as well yes. are, 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 are they how safe are lubricants within or i'm not too sure if there's a, a, a gel on the Okay, there are the there themselves. are a range of lubricants. The mm. lubricants that are distributed by government clinics and the ones that um, we advocate for are water-based lubricants. It's your old KY jelly that you can buy mm -hmm. at any kind mm. of shop. And these days, if you go to a clinic, you'll find a bowl of condoms and you'll find a bowl of lubricant. What okay. we often told to do is just go for the condoms, but you must go for the lubricant as well. Okay, because it's safe. It is more than safe. It actually increases safety hmm. because it creates an additional barrier. Okay, okay. No, that's that's what I wanted to hear. Yeah, so you, you can get, you know, people do crazy things and they want to use Vaseline and fish oil hmm. or whatever and that's not safe. What we're talking about is water-based lubrication. And they don't have to buy them, they're available. Yeah. But are, are female condoms available to buy? They are, they are, and um, you can go to most supermarkets and they're increasingly available. I know that Partners in Sexual Health have a, a range of, of um, what they're calling inner condoms because men like it so much that they don't want to call them female condoms anymore. They're calling them <laughs> inner condoms. How's that, Shadow? Inner condoms. Okay. Yeah. No, that... that, that. <laughs> 
<laughs> Why couldn't it be just female condom? Okay, whatever floats your boat. Okay, in a condom, because everything is in there. Um, and we, we started also talking about um, adolescent uh, yes. sexual education, and you, you touched a bit on it when you were talking about your boys. But obviously, <clears throat> obviously the language is, is, is not out there for parents to be talking comfortably to the young ones, and the books will introduce. But what's happening at school? Because it sounded to me like it's that LO is very kind of touchy touchy feely feely but nothing quite concrete. I should actually concrete. get my son in here and talk about uh, LO in, in grade six and what he's been exposed to because it's worrying. The, 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 the educators don't, I don't believe, feel comfortable. Well th this is it. If we're not comfortable in our own homes um, talking to our children then you know, you're asking a teacher to do what they can't do at home as a yeah. parent yeah. and in front of all these young people they're not too sure about the kind of information uh, they share. My concern is that people are passing the bucks. The schools are saying <coughs> this is, must happen at home. Of course it must happen at home but our children are at school and they also need to be educated and maybe you know I'm sure that you know other parents don't you know talk to their children and so You've got to have a sharing of the schools. That's a village that raises one's children. Mm, and we've mm. got to look out for each other. We've got to create materials that we feel comfortable with. And it's not a class thing. You know, even my peers have have had issues, for example, in the um, the cervical cancer vaccine that's been immunized this year from, grade, from age 9, you know, that should happen till age 12. Essentially, what the conversation that's going on in their head is that they're acknowledging that they're young lovely girls will become sexually active mm. and they need to do something about it and there's a kind of oh my goodness like I'm going to sign yes for this consent to, for them to be protected against cervical cancer. So how do we how do we do this? How do we get the conversation started and out there because our young people really need it, young girls specifically? I think that we need to have leadership from government and I think we need to have leadership from um, education facilities we have not um, we've had a very limited approach an abstinence approach when we went into HIV we learned about ABC abstain be faithful and use condoms we didn't embrace young people's sexuality and say um, listen your body's changing this is what's going to happen you're going to have start to have these feelings let's address it this is where we go instead of like prevent no 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 don't mm. do that mm. whatever and so of course children are going to do the opposite and not you know listen and we know that when the language that we starting to use is a program called positive sexuality mm. so um, sex positive materials so it's about reorientating and getting that through um, health workers even uh, and and facilitators creating materials and we have very little I mean when we you you listen to leadership in the Department of Health for example when we were launching our new contraception policy they were saying we need to give this big new implant so we stop children having babies sure. it's a magic bullet approach as opposed to now your name is so-and-so and what do you think um, you know are the options that you know about and what questions you have and are you sexually active and do you think you might be sexually active this year and what information would you like and um, what 
products would you mm. want to explore? Mm. Mm. For too long, we've been wanting to use the injection or the implant and not looking at the range of information that young people want. And it's there. It's just of course. giving them direction on how to go about it. Excuse me, I've got a... Okay, <laughs> my voice is back again. But listen, we've run out of time. I oh want gosh. you to come back and talk to me about when when the whole condom is a usage. I, I think we need to find our facts and, and find the, the right numbers because I'm just worried that not too many young people are using, not even young people, just generally in South Africa. Um, our condom rates have decreased and our contraception rates have decreased. We've been focusing so much on single issues like HIV. We have not looked at the continuum. We were talking about sexual rights. We've not looked at the continuum through people's evolution and ages as they're growing up. Are you going our way over Christmas? No, I can come. Okay, and have so tea you'll with you. come and have tea with me in my studio again. Yes. And let's talk about that and why. Absolutely, Shadow. It's gorgeous to see you, and thank you for being so open with your children. And when you come back, you'll bring me that list of books. Absolutely, thank you, Shadow. Oh, I will make tea for sure. Which, which tea do you prefer? Um, Earl Grey is good. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> boil the kettle and El Grey is going to be. Thank you so much. Marion Stevens, what's what's your website? Do you have a website? Um, if people um, go onto our Facebook page mm -hmm. and they can look for Wish Associates, I usually update, um, you know, provide information. some information one or two times, twice a week or so. Mm -hmm. um, okay, and you communicate that way. Yeah, they can also follow me on Twitter, uh, Marion at Marion's Wish. At Marion's Wish. Or they can find me on your Twitter. I, tw I tagged you today. I saw that. Yeah, <laughs> Marion's Wish or Wish Associates on Facebook. Thank you so much for coming in.